surrounded. He woke. It's the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cowell. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. We're here at Big Splash Burger again this Monday Big Splash right here on Pioneer. Open 6.30 to 2.30 for breakfast and lunch. Uh, come by. There's a few people been in and out. We got to meet some of our uh, some of our listeners as we walked in the door today. And just looking at, uh, at, at Mike, if Tucker gets to be that big and that fast, look out by the time he's a senior. Holy cow. Uh, good things may be ahead for him, but uh, it was good to meet Michael and uh, Mike and, uh, and Tracy uh, this morning. So come on by and get you some breakfast. If not, uh, lunch later on, up until two thirty. Of course, we tell you every week that you know, man, the burgers here are fantastic. The combo Philly is fantastic. You know, there's burgers with peanut butter. There's burgers with a egg. There's burgers with everything. Whatever you want, uh, awesome. Big Splash Burger can do it for you right here at uh, on Pioneer here in Elk City. Um, Jim Traper. It's a Monday, so we'll have Jim coming up at nine thirty. Hit some college football from the weekend. Oklahoma State with a huge comeback to beat Texas. Man, I, I don't think people understand exactly how much Oklahoma State has Texas's number all of a sudden. Since 2010, 9-4, uh, just a – man, what a comeback win. And there's no doubt the difference in that game. And I'll tell you what I thought it was uh, when we get there. TCU – is it time to start you know, looking at TCU as a true playoff contender? I know this, if they keep on knocking everybody's quarterback out of the game, it seems to be working for them. So there's that. Uh, <clears throat> they knocked out two this week. Will Howard came in, and he was pretty good. Then he got knocked out, and TCU came roaring back. And, man, they remind you of some of those great Oklahoma or Oklahoma State offenses in that when they get rolling, almost impossible to stop. And TCU got it rolling, and they just blew everybody, blew Kansas State off the map after being down 28-10. UCLA and Syracuse fall from the ranks of the unbeaten. Syracuse had that game in their hands against Clemson, but it didn't happen. Uh, and then interesting comments afterwards from Dabo about his quarterback situation. DJ Huyongalele was not good, turned the ball over. Cade Klubnick came in and kind of led them back to the win. But as soon as that game was over, no quarterback controversy in Clemson. Dabo immediately said, listen, DJ's our quarterback. Kay did a great job today for you know, pulling this out of the fire. But how long can he do that if that continues, especially when you look at trying to win it all? But I will say this, and this is the reason why I'm always kind of looking through the entirety of people's <clears throat> um, resumes heading into the playoff and that discussion versus just a zero in the loss column. Because at least right now, if you just go with, okay, yeah, they're undefeated, let them in. Clemson is a fraud right now. And Clemson, if you're just going to let them in because they're unbeaten, they are going to take a beating from somebody in the first round and maybe a more deserving team or a better team is going to be left off. That's, good. that's just one of those discussions that's always going to happen. Think back to Florida State. You're one of the playoff as the defending champion. They somehow got away with winning every game, and then they got to play Oregon in the Rose Bowl, and they got beat by 40. That's what Clemson right. reminds me of this year. Uh, high school football wrap-up will tell you all about where the district races stand. One of them is over, as the Elk City Elks are the 4A1 district champions after Clinton went down and just put a beating on Chickasha Friday night. So the Elks are the district champ, first time since 1998. There's a huge logjam after that for the, for the next three spots in the District 4A1 race for the playoffs. We'll tell you which games are going to decide kind of what's every, what everybody else has and, and which games to be looking for. Same thing in A1 as uh, Merrick claws a little bit closer uh, to playoff contention with that win over Thomas. They're going to have to win out and probably even need a little bit of help, but we'll tell you how that goes. Burns flat. You were afraid that uh, the injury to Luke Schneeberger might not be good for the Eagles, and sure enough, it wasn't as they get their first loss handed to them. But here's the good news for, for, for uh, Burns flat. That loss and the grand scheme things won't matter at all if you win the last two because you will still win the district. Now, granted, 
you're going to have to find a way to go to Fairview to win. But if that happens, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That loss really is, you, you've got your mulligan. That was your mulligan. Now you can go and, and, and change things in your favor with the last two games with uh, at Fairview and then what would seem to be a win against Sayre to, to uh, finish out the season. And then B1, man, that thing's jumbled up as well. So we'll hit the high school football right here at the top of the show. One note, uh, I just got or texted to me, not handed to me, but texted to me this morning. Ninth grade, Elk City ninth grade football. That game has been canceled. Supposed to be this afternoon down in Anadarko. So the ninth graders not playing football today in Anadarko. That game has been canceled. Uh, That is from Coach Hunt uh, at uh, the AD at Elk City. So no ninth grade football for the Elk City Elks and the Anadarko Warriors today. I'm sure rain has a big thing to do about that. And I mean, it's, it's rained here. I think it's supposed to rain a bunch more there We're throughout the day. Two inches when it's all said and done yeah. further east of us. Yeah, yeah. so there, that game has Makes been sense. canceled. Um, so that's just a note here to start the show. 225 9698 is the phone or the text line. It's 225 9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We'll talk about any of those things in the world of sports. I mean, we've got a, a uh, World Series coming up. We know who's going to be in that one. I can tell you the, the folks in the TV executive world cannot be happy about the way that thing worked out. It looked like you might have Dodgers-Yankees to start, and now you end up with the Phillies and the Astros. Ouch. Uh, one team that everybody hates because they cheat, and another team that everybody hates because nobody likes their fans. <laughs> I don't know who's going to watch the World Series, man. Uh, so you've got that as well. 225-9698 is that phone or the text line. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. We can talk about anything that's on your mind here in the world of sports. Also, if you're, uh, you're going to be outside the listening area and you can't uh, get us over the radio, couple ways to stay in touch. You can log on to kadsam.com or download the Paragon app. The app's got it all, man. It's got three radio stations. You can check out the Penny News on the app. Brand new edition of the Penny News will hit the, uh, the website overnight Tuesday. And then, of course, you can pick up a free copy of the Penny News right now at your favorite local newsstand. Also, Big Elk TV and Paragon TV are in the app. So those high school football games, high school basketball coming up a week from tomorrow, unbelievably, in the small schools. But we'll have uh, you can watch those games through the app, Big Elk TV and Paragon TV. Also, our show, the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you miss us entirely and you want to go hear what we had to say about something or other, it's easy. Go back and check us out on KADSAM or iTunes. Good morning, Jared. Good morning. How was your weekend? It was good. Very busy. Very busy weekend. How was yours? After the two flag football games on Saturday morning slash afternoon, it was relaxing. <laughs> well, good. Was, good. I, I watched, Lucky you. I watched a lot of football this weekend with uh, the college games on Saturday, and then yesterday I watched a bunch of it on Sunday. Well, um, uh, you know, I went up and played some golf. How was your golf and, game? Oh, boy. After not playing for a while, it was – not a good day to start when it was as windy as it was, it was but it was windy. it was for a good cause and, and, and a lot of fun over there at Clinton for the Canute All Sports uh, fundraiser and, and shout out to the Doug Gray guys who we golfed with, they um, they whipped our butts, but uh, it wasn't about that. It was just about having fun and we did. And then uh, so I'm thinking, okay, my my day's done when I'm driving home and I get a text from my wife she says, hey, you're taking the girls to a Halloween party. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> so, uh, did you dress went, up? No. Well, it was funny you say that because yes, kids could dress up. I guess adults. And it was that it was that uh, uh, at friends over there in, in Canoe, and um, in the backyard there. And uh, so I took him there. It was more or less a come and go event, but thankfully it was at friends, and um, the 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 bar was open. So <laughs> parents, I know a lot of our parents were standing around, and, and while the kids were doing like a Halloween carnival type thing, dressed up. And one kid comes up to me and goes. Are you a golfer? Because I was still in my like, well, yeah, I went and played golf today. And then it occurred to me he thinks I dressed up as a golfer <laughs> to come to this thing. <laughs> okay, so I have a funny story about this exact thing. Okay, years ago now. <clears throat> uh, let's see, it would have been Halloween 2015. Okay, around that time, I was starting to uh, become acquainted. With a young lady mm-hmm. named Kara. Right. And so she invites me to a Halloween get-together over at the rail. You, you ever know what the rail was? Yes. Over at Sarah, yes. right? Yes. So she invites me, and I say, well, what are you dressing up as? And she said, a runner. 
Well, I'm thinking, okay, that means she's not dressing up because she's just making a joke. Like, oh, yeah, I'm a runner. You know, that's what I am. I'm just going to go to the party and not dress up. Well, and so I just wore what I had on, and I was going to be a golfer. Yeah. <laughs> well, it turns out I get there, and she's got, like, her running ties and all these medals. And <laughs> so she actually did dress up she, she did dress like up. a runner. <laughs> Whereas, uh, and I did too. I dressed up like a golfer. I just had my normal clothes on. So That's good. that was a bit embarrassing, but <laughs> it didn't slow her down and That's to marry good. me lady way later on. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I was a golfer that night too. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Let's go high school football. Yeah. Speaking I know of that's good. What, that's what everybody's wanting to talk about, at least uh, over here in Elk City. As the Big Elks are the Class 4A District 1 champions courtesy of their win on thursday night over in weatherford and then clinton knocking off chickasha that means everybody in the district outside of the elks at least at the top have two losses and elk city has beaten every one of them in that four team log jam so no matter what you would find with any sort of tie break elk city is going to have the advantage over everybody in that situation because they beat them all so the elks win the 4a1 district the elks will possibly host two playoff games. First time Elk City's won the district since 1998. Uh, just a, an awesome achievement for Coach Maynard in, in this way specifically. I think a lot of people, and I know I heard Mark Rogers tell him this when, when Zach was on a couple of weeks ago to preview, I think maybe the Clinton game on Mark's show. And, he, and he's told me this too. He's, he's surprised at how the Elks were able to reload instead of rebuild off of last year's semifinal team. And, and quite honestly, outside of you know, the 97 and the 98 season, Oak City's traditionally had trouble doing that. You know, there, there's an uptick, a, a good team, and then it takes a little bit to have another one, you know, coming, coming back around. But this year, coming off the, the semifinal appearance last year, I think that surprised some people just how good that Oak City team was a year ago. And so then uh, there was just a natural inclination to pick against them with what they lost. I mean, they lost a great group of seniors, but like, like we talked about all year last year, those guys, and they even mentioned it, and when they would come in and talk to you before the games, they, they were laying that foundation upon which now you can build, and they were right because this team is, is the same, you know, tough, hard-nosed, and now they're district champs uh, for the first time in almost a quarter century. In, in a weird but not so weird way you can give a lot of credit to last year's senior class because that was the first thing I was stressing as soon as that game was over over there in Weatherford was um, you know kudos to those young men for laying that foundation for sticking it out through those rough years having that successful year last year uh, that culminated in the semifinal appearance so you they've set the standard that's gonna you know be strived for and and, and hopefully met and exceeded in years to come, and, and let's be honest, we were kind of going into this year not really knowing what this team was going to be like. We knew they had some parts that were going to be good, but they had replaced a quarterback and a lot of other key pieces on that team, and then they've they've done that exceedingly well. And um, in a weird way, could be better than last year's team, depending on how it, how it works out. But um, I, that was all. I mean, it's awesome uh, to see. I, if I, you know, we always play this scenario. Like, what if I told you back in say March that Oak City was going to go win four a one? What would you have said? You know, and if you told me that, I said, well, I think they're a playoff team. But I mean, there's going to be teams that are going to be contenders. Obviously, Clinton, the returning champs, and we knew Weatherford would bounce back. And you know, there's always the question marks of cash. And we knew Chickasha had athletes, but to win the district is is something else. That is awesome, and uh, relishing it now. If you're listening, Big Elks, but. Time to get back to work because we still got two more games to finish up here. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch how that how that transpires because this isn't the goal, you know. Right. It's just the start of it, and it helps you attain more goals later on. Now, the interesting part of District Four A One from now on will be who is going to be the other three playoff teams. So there's a big log jam with two losses. Weatherford's at three and two. Chickasha's at three and two. Clinton and Cash both two and two. Some games to watch. Okay, so Weatherford only has at John Marshall. Now, John Marshall put a scare in cash this week, but you would feel like the Eagles would have a, a really good chance to win that game and finish with two losses. Chickasha's only game is against is at cash week 10. And so that's going to be a big game. This week, Clinton 
hosting cash is going to be a big game. And it, so in my, and then Clinton's got Woodward after that, which is one you'd kind of figure to put in the win column. So I, in my mind, I think, I think there's, there's two games that are really going to decide this thing. Clinton hosting cash this week, and then cash hosting Chickasha week 10. If Cash is able to win one one of those games, you got to feel pretty good about their spot um, because, and especially if, you know, obviously if it's against Chickasha, after a loss to Clinton, they still kind of have that mulligan in their back pocket to where you've got Elk City, then it would would probably be Weatherford 2, Clinton 3 because of the head-to-head with two losses would work itself out like that. Mm -hmm. And then Cash and Chickasha would be a play-in game. Now, if, if Chickasha was able to win that, then that puts the, the district points in play with those three because everybody would have two losses. Weatherford beat Chickasha, Chickasha uh, lost to Clinton, and then Weatherford, actually, no, it wouldn't. Weatherford would be second because they beat Chickasha. No, no, they lost to Chickasha. So Chickasha. everybody beat everybody yeah. in that round robin thing. And, you go to points. and then it goes to points, and then that would have to be separated out at that point. Which but, I hate because I can't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer <laughs> just to keep up on the win loss column. So those, to me, those are the games. Uh, this week over in Clinton with Cash and Clinton, and then the next week with uh, Cash hosting Chickasha, to me, are going to be the two games that decide not only who makes it, but what the order ends up. I'm really curious about Clinton because they, they, they played. Chickasha very closely how Elk City played them as far it was from what I was told and the little that I saw on that game and and they're going to be back as far as or uh, their key players back. Um, tell me the name of Jeremiah Barker. Barker was out for serving the two game suspension that stemmed back from the incident over here in Elk City. They finally got those two games done. So with them beating Chickasha without him and now they get him back against Cash and depending on where they line up in the in the district, if they make the playoffs, I'll tell you what. I mean, it doesn't have to be said, but I'll say it. If you don't want Clinton coming to town, if you you know, you're probably looking at it going. If you're a team like, I don't know, who would that be? Tuttle. Tuttle. Something like that. Yeah, they, you know, Tuttle would probably love it because they want revenge. But, yeah. other, uh, you know, other teams might look at it and go, great. You know, we've done our part. Now, what's our reward? We're hosting the Red Tornadoes. Yeah, defending who are, champs. Who are defending champs and who are probably little – Little ticked off of how the how where they ended up in the district, but um, but that that log jam towards the end and uh, the bottom of four A one is going to be interesting to watch the next two weeks. Yeah. In Class A's district one, I already mentioned. So Fairview leads at five and zero. Burns Flats next at four and one by themselves. Even though the Eagles suffered their first loss this week to Hooker, they still have a chance. That it does it almost doesn't matter because if they can go up and, and win at Fairview. Now they've got the tie break, and then their last game is at home against Sayre, which you figure would be a win just because the, the, the Eagles have struggled so bad so far this year. Uh, winless in the district. You, you wouldn't feel like an upset. They, that would be a, a game you'd pick an upset on, right? So, you know, Burnside does have that chance. Now the problem is winning at Fairview. Fairview has just been killing people all year long. I mean, they're they perfect in perfect record, perfect in district points. They've gotten all 15 of them every single time they've been out there. It's a hard ask. Uh, for the Burns Flat Deal City Eagles to go up there, win that game against that team without your without your quarterback, right? So that that's yeah. a tough one. But the good news is, with the wins they've already been able to to accumulate, you still feel pretty good about their chances of finishing second, except for that loss. If if Hooker's able to beat Merritt and then win at Thomas, you could see a situation where now there's a there's a two way tie. With two losses, what if your burns flat? What you're hoping for here is that you can you can kind of stay where you're at district point wise at 36, and then Moreland and Hooker, you know that that works itself out to where Moreland can win both games. That way, that creates a three-way tie. You beat Moreland, you'll, you know, then you, then you got the round robin thing again, right? Mm-hmm. To where everybody's. Um, no, no, you wouldn't either. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you'd have that, and then points matter. And you'd either be second or third, and not drop all the way to fourth. Yeah, still a chance with Burns Flat. It's unfortunate that, uh, um, you know, with the injury to Schneeberger, that it, I don't want to say it's going to derail this season, but it changes how they should approach it. Obviously, and, and you know, the injury to one player, you hear that a lot. It shouldn't determine your entire season. So I think they'll they'll rally around, and 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 you know, I think last Friday night was kind of like okay, we got to figure out how we do this without them. Yeah, and I th- I have I trust that that coaching staff will 
we'll do that. And, and the Fairview, I mean, that's going to be a tough ask, but we'll see what they got and then wrap them up the year with Sayre. So they're in a good position. I mean, obviously still make playoffs and make some noise. Now Merritt, with the win against Thomas on Friday night, 30-12, to 12, they put themselves at least with a chance. Now it's, it's going to be tough, don't, don't get me wrong, but they do at least have a chance. And, they, and I think they have one thing working for them in Week 10. So they go to Hooker. They have to win at Hooker right. because that'll put a third loss on the Bulldogs. Merritt's got three losses, so now they at least gets somebody with three losses in that fourth spot, right? And so that can create a tie. But then you look at the schedule, you go, well, Fairview's coming. Week 10, down to Merritt. Well, here's the thing. Fairview could have everything wrapped up mm-hmm. with the win over Burns Flat. So does that maybe help the Oilers in, in a way that nobody else got that help. Like a resting situation. Like a, yeah, you know, where, oh, this guy's nicked up, that guy. You know, just to, just to make sure yeah. if you're Fairview, everybody's 100% going into the playoffs. So that could be something that we can look forward to. But job one is Friday night at Hooker. Merritt has to win that game mm-hmm. to continue to try to claw themselves back into uh, the, the, the playoff race. And, and if they can get that win, and then you kind of get a break with Fairview. Look, you, you know, you never know. Uh, you can end up four and three, and a lot of those tie-breaking situations at that point then would probably go your way because you figure if Moreland can stay with two losses, then it does go your way because now you've only got you've got a two-way um, a two-way go with just you and Hooker. You won the game. Might there's still a glimmer of hope there for the Oilers. Class B you got two huge games in District One this week. You've got basically uh, what amounts to a, a district title game with Turpin hosting Laverne. Both those teams haven't, neither team has suffered a loss just yet in the district. You've also got at the bottom here a game between Hollis and Shattuck that's going to decide the, the last spot. Neither team has won a game in the district yet. So this, you know, this is uh, Shattuck's last district, last game, last district game is uh, Thursday night. Is that Thursday night at Hollis? The 27th? Yeah. Okay. That is. wonder if that's right. We'll find out. Check that. Uh, but the winner of that game is going to be the fourth, fourth place team in B1 because it, it, if it's Hollis, then they've got another game to play, but they get the tiebreak over Shattuck. If it's Shattuck, they've already won against Hollis. They're done with the district play. No matter if Hollis can, make it, can pull an upset uh, the next week against Turpin, still doesn't matter because they'll have the head-to-head. So that's a, that's a play-in game for the playoffs in, in Hollis this week. Yeah, I mean, it kind of turned around on them. It's crazy how two – I mean, the only two losses are district uh, losses, and they started off awesome, and, and now they're here they are at 5-2, and two, which is awesome, but still a chance to not make the playoffs. That's that's a shame. But, yeah, and it, you almost wonder what's going to be more entertaining, a game that determines the district title or a game that determines your playoff future, right. like a play-in game. Yeah, so, they, they were almost able to get the win that they needed uh, at Balco on Friday night. 32-28 was the final there uh, as Balco Forgan ended up up in Hollis. So that's Hollis and Shattuck is a play-in game for the playoffs. Turpin and Laverne will be uh, basically the district title uh, between those two teams on, uh, coming up this week in Class B's District 1. Hanging out at Big Splash Burger here on a rainy Monday morning in western Oklahoma. You know, we always tell you about the stuff – uh, that you could get here, breakfast, you know, and lunch. Do you think, are you one of those people that thinks they can just eat and eat and eat and eat? Well, I, it, know, I know my kid is a bottomless pit, but not me. I mean, I, when I'm hungry, I eat until I'm satisfied, but well, what I'll are tell you talking what, about? Here? I'm talking about if, you, if it takes you all the food to get you satisfied, I've got it. they've got a challenge here for you. Right. The Big Kahuna Challenge. Now, what is that, Aaron? Six half-pound beef burger patties in between eight grilled cheese sandwiches. Okay. So each sandwich has two slices of cheese, two slices of bacon, and a third-pound burger patty. Multiply that by six. It's over five and a half pounds of meat and a whole loaf of Texas toast. Plus, the fries are so good here that they go ahead and have you eat both the curly and the regular. You got 50 minutes to bust everything, and if you can do it, you can get your name on the wall, right, or a picture on the wall with one other person, and uh, you can be a Big Kahuna Challenge Wall of Fame here at Big Splash. You get a free meal, a T-shirt. 
I see. I think the my wall kid, of fame. I think my kid could do it if she focused hard enough. The problem is, I don't. She walks around the house, and <clears throat> she will snack all day long if we let her. I think she could do it. But in when fifty we, hours, yeah, not but when fifty we minutes. Sit down to eat a meal. It. it she's like, I don't want. You know. Look there. There's even some onion rings to boot at the top. Come try it. Or if you don't I've want to do seen, that, just try, um, the, try the regular food. We've seen, who Who did we see do? Randy, we, what's his name? Yeah. We, and we've I think seen Vance tried it too. Really? Yeah. Vance McDonald. Oh, that's right. Oh, I okay. think he tried it. Didn't go well. Only went it, well for it, one person. It's a, it's a lot of food. All right, we've got to hit the college football right quick. Yep. What were your thoughts, Oklahoma State and Texas? Kudos OSU, um, hanging around long enough to come back and win, um, getting those uh, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And kudos to Sanders. Um, didn't look like his arm was affecting him that much. Uh, they relied on his arm more than his legs. It almost it almost makes me think, was it, you know, you're hearing all week long the questions about his arm, questions about his arm. Well, you know, you got you to lean on his legs more than his arm. And then Gundy's like, oh, yeah, watch this. <laughs> this is the, our game plan is to, to throw it around the yard. Uh, so he did what it took uh, to win the game. Good kudos to him. And um, big win because they're still very much alive for the uh, Big 12 title. And and with that, depending on how other things shake out, you're still very much alive for uh, a playoff berth if things happen the right way. So it's funny how the perception of a, of a season can change in a week after losing on the road to TCU then turn around and beating Texas, who, like you've alluded to, they've had a lot of success against. So good good win for them. Yeah, 9-4 since 2010. Oklahoma State is against Texas now. The biggest difference in that game is blatantly obvious. It was quarterback. Mm-hmm. Spencer Sanders was fantastic. Quinn Ewers, after a hot start, was horrible. He ended up 19-49 of um, through, what, three picks, including the last two drives, trying to get Texas back into it. Uh, Sanders, 34-57, of 57, 391, two touchdowns and an interception. As I mentioned, Ewers, 19-49. of 49. Two touchdowns and three picks. and But Ewers was a lot like what we saw from Sanders last week. And what had, didn't have anything to do with injury, it was the fact that Ewers got worse as the game went along. OSU, you know, they didn't pressure him to the level that I thought they might with the, with the defensive line, but they were there enough to affect him. And you, know, you just saw – I mean, you just saw a guy that's been in, through the battles in the Big 12 for four years now against a guy that hasn't. And sure, Ewers Ewers has the promise, he's got the talent, he's got the potential, but at least on Saturday up in Stillwater, the quarterbacking was a complete mismatch between Sanders and Ewers, and that was the biggest difference in the game. Yeah, it was. And, you you know, everyone – Ewers comes in with all these high expectations and accolades and everything, like this is going to be the guy, he's going to be the next guy that's going to bring Texas all the way back. And he looks the part at times, but we got to remind ourselves he's still a kid. Uh, what is he classified as? Still a freshman, He's a right? freshman. Yeah. yeah. And big game situations are new to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Sanders is not – He's this is not new to him. So it shouldn't come as a shock that the veteran comes in and he's poised, calm, and collect and takes care of business and wins the game for his team. And the other guy is – he was in a real nasty environment, and it showed. He was overthrowing players. He had two or three picks, as you mentioned, and – but I, what I'm saying is, he's not a bust. He's going to get. I think he'll be a better quarterback over time. Yeah, we'll see. He has to fi- fix those mistakes. We'll see. Uh, and Sark has yet to win a true road game in the Big Twelve. Still hasn't won a word. now ten and ten in his two seasons so far at Texas. I saw today. It just kind of some OU fans making fun on Twitter of Texas, and it's their best season since Colt McCoy is right now at five and three. Oklahoma's worst season since Colt McCoy is right now at four and three. three. You know, obviously Texas has scored more than the Cotton Bowl, but that was a, a weird circumstance for sure. And all, all you know, what it really shows you is how easy it is to affect a young quarterback if you can just get a little pressure. You think even back to that beat down that Texas put on OU, the one time they actually got in his face, he threw it up and it was a pick. But Oklahoma wasn't good enough to do it the whole game. Oklahoma State was there a bunch. So uh, congratulations to the Cowboys. They are still right in the thick of that Big 12 title game race with TCU, who remains undefeated, knocking off Kansas State. Hanging out at Big Splash Burger here this morning. 
I got half of this sausage, egg, and cheese you toaster put down. I know. <laughs> Trying to get it all <laughs> scarfed down before uh, we're joined uh, by the man that you're going to hear right on these airwaves, 2 o'clock. It is the ultimate Jim Traber. Jim, how are you this morning? I'm all right, fellas. How you guys doing? It's raining like crazy here. Yeah, it's it's been kind of off and on here since probably three or four. I woke up about four o'clock in the morning and I could hear it raining. Yep. And so it's not. Uh, I think you guys are going to get get it a lot worse, or at least a lot more rain than we have. But uh, there has been some out here, and it's kind of one of those cool and dreary looking fall days here in Oklahoma. I hear you. It's the way it is here too. It's going to be cold and rainy, but. Uh... Good, good time to talk sports. All right, let's start up in Stillwater. Um, Jared and I were discussing it in the last segment. To me, the difference in the game uh, was Oklahoma State had Spencer Sanders and Texas had Quinn Ewers. I, I, we all know the potential that Ewers has shown at times so far this season, but in my mind there was no doubt that Sanders outplayed him from the start to the finish, and Oklahoma State's defense turned things around with great adjustments at halftime to really kind of confuse, and then they started pressuring Ewers into some mistakes. Yeah, I think we forget that Ewers is supposed to be a true freshman, you know, uh, and I'm not making excuses for the kid because he threw the ball all over the place. I mean, he was he looked a lot like, remember Dylan Gabriel did in that game where he was throwing the ball high. Um, I didn't really look at his footwork a lot, but I, I promise you, Normally, when you're throwing the ball off as a quarterback, it has to do with your legs. Um, but he, um, yeah, I mean, it was Spencer Sanders did what he had to do. You know, he threw he threw the one bad interception and he made plays. But uh, that was a great win for OSU. I mean, a great win. They um, they didn't play well for periods of time, and then, like you said, they came out in that second half and played a lot better. So uh, yeah, great win for OSU, and now. Oklahoma State, Kansas State, uh, you know, TCU, is because because of TCU beating Kansas State, if somehow OSU can go and win at Kansas State, that it's not over with, but it's pretty daggone close. That, it, that you know, more, if less one of the teams fall apart, probably OSU and TCU down there. So we're, we're starting to get a little grasp of what's happening. And uh, OSU obviously needed that game. If they'd have lost that game, they probably would have been done. And I think Texas is probably done up too, so... But you never know. I mean, maybe with two losses, you still get in. The problem is the tiebreakers, you know, and you choose to lost the tiebreaker to TCU. So really, OSU fans want TCU to just keep on winning. And then they can get the tiebreaker against everybody else and try to get in and beat them again. You know, beat them, beat them not beat them again, beat them for the first time, but play them again and, and try to beat them again. Were, were you shocked with, back to the game, were you shocked with um... – with Sanders and how much he threw it because of all the questions of his health and his shoulder and everything. Were you shocked by that? I mean, I'm not going to say that I was shocked by it. Um, I think that, um, um, I, I think that, you know, you never know. I mean, I'm, I'm, they could very easily shoot him up. You know, when you shoot somebody up like that on a, in a joint, then you don't really feel the joint, but it could also have been that over the week, he's a fat, he's a quick healer. You know, he could have gotten a lot better during the week. But I just think that the kid knows that he had to do – I mean, I heard Mike Gundy talking about him after the game. I mean, it's obvious that they just love this guy. You know, it's absolutely – they love him. He is a guy that just works hard and does exactly what they want him to do. So, I think they said, okay, can you play? Yep, okay, we'll go go for it. You can't – if you're going to play a quarterback, you can't play him and say, well, we only play 50% of the, of the playbook. You know, you got to be able to do pretty much everything you can. And uh, that's – that's what he did. He was really good, really good, and they uh, and they made all the plays they had to at the end of the game when they had to. And I'll tell you something too, dude. They got some receivers now. My goodness, they've got receivers. I mean, it, you just, you never know who's going to catch the ball. I, I have a bad feeling that they're probably going to lose a couple of them, you know, to the portal because none of them are getting enough time. You know, not not one of these receivers. One day it's one game it's this guy, one game it's that guy. And I know that's all, that's all well and good to win football games, but as far as they're concerned, I'll bet that some of them aren't happy because they're not getting the ball as much. So. And then they got those youngsters. You know, Shetron, I think Shetron might have got hurt. He, he, he should have caught that ball. And then the younger Presley, I mean, they, they say that he's as good or better than his brother. So they got a lot of receivers, guys. Yeah, and, and Stephon Johnson. I, I, I honestly, yeah, I Jim, I don't even think I've ever heard his name. And then he's yeah, out there running around like, oh, my gosh, look at this guy. Another fresh. I mean, I it was amazing how many guys they've got up there. 
I know it, man. They 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 are loaded at wide receiver, loaded. Yeah, and um, but that's uh, at running back and wide receiver. Usually OSU gets some players uh, that they uh, they got the quarterback now too. So don't wait for a Kansas State game. Is, is Kansas State this weekend? Yes. Yep. And what is it? Two thirty. Two thirty. Yeah, OSU OSU has paid the NCAA and, and, and all the big BLSA every game of either. And OU obviously got got gypped because they got to play every game at 11 a.m. That might be a conspiracy theory. You think that's just a little bit of the Big 12 uh, getting back at Oklahoma and Texas, uh, making them play those early games? Well, you know, there was 14 penalties on Texas and then on OSU. I don't know. That makes you think. Did OSU have any penalties? None. None. None accepted. They That's had amazing. they had two called, uh, one offset and the other Texas declined because of the situation on that play that they didn't need it. Um, but here's the thing: uh, you talked about discipline last week when we were on with you um, with, with Dallas on uh, that Sunday night in USC on that uh, that Saturday and then Alabama as well. Listen, Texas showed uh, you, they can they can gripe all they want to, but ten of those fourteen accepted penalties were pre-snap penalties. There, there's no referee judgment. If you move early, you get a flag. And Texas did yeah. that 10 times up there. And that is, I think a lot of that goes to the crowd in Stillwater. Everyone that I know that was there said it's as loud as Bedlam last year, if not the loudest crowd they ever heard. And that's where that crowd can affect things. And, and it certainly did on Saturday. I agree with you. I do think the crowd up there is crazy. And uh, that was a big game. Everybody knew how big of a game it was. I, I, I will say this as far as viewers is concerned. You know, I'm not going to get. I don't think you get concerned yet, but it was. Uh, it, I mean, he he threw some bad passes in that game. I still think he got chances really good, but um, he threw some bad passes. But uh, they they, OSU won the game fair and square. They can cry about penalties and everything else. They went out there and took the game, and now we got a massive game for him at Kansas State. This will be a tough matchup for him too. Really tough matchup up there. So where does Texas go now? I, there, there was a lot of uh, of excitement after the close loss against Alabama, obviously crushing Oklahoma, but now here they are. Sark ten and ten still hasn't won on the road in the Big Twelve, uh, five and three this season, and you can really honestly see that end up being another gosh six and five or seven and five, maybe not down to six and six, but it just seems like. Texas is constantly taking a step forward and then two steps back to where they've been, which is at least mediocrity, if not worse, for the last decade and a half. Hopefully they'll lose another because I got them under nine, <laughs> nine wins. Right? Now, that's what I need. Um, I don't know. They, listen, they got, a good, they, they got a good squad and they're moving in the right direction, but they just ran into a tough situation up there with Oklahoma State. You know, they're, they're good and they got a big-time crowd and they got a big-time home field. So, but now what they got to do is they got to make sure that they don't go seven and five. You know, I mean that's that's the problem. You know, they, everybody gets all fired up about one win or one game here and there, and at the end of the year, not that uh, good of a season. So I think that's probably a really big key for them right now is they need to keep on trying to win because seven and five would be a disaster if you ask me. I know you know better than last year, but it would be a disaster if they go seven and five. Um, OSU, that was a big season-saving win. You mentioned the, the chances for the Big 12 title that are still obviously there. And it, it, how do you feel about it? I mean, do you, I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, what do you, how do you feel about their playoff chances? Do things have to work out for them with that one loss? I think that's the case. Zero percent. Mm. I mean, look, that's, that's unfair to say. The winner of the Big 12 with one loss will have a chance, but a lot of other things are going to have to happen. I mean, Ohio State, Michigan – um, you got Clemson who pulled it off. I mean, you still have Alabama. Alabama suddenly came back and showed people that they're not as bad as everybody thought they were. Georgia rolling, Tennessee rolling. I don't know, man. I, I uh, you know, uh, uh, Oregon obviously with a good win. So I just think it's going to be really, really hard for OSU to get in the thing. But you just got to play the game in front of you. You know, you can't worry about that stuff. Just play each game in front of you. But the, obviously. TCU has a chance that they go undefeated, maybe would have lost, but uh, I think that OSU has to just keep on winning. And this game coming up, is there a line on this game yet? That's what I was yeah, just looking it's for. It's basically it? a pick. Okay. They, they opened up Kansas State as a one-point favorite. 
Well, that's crazy because I would have said Kansas State one point favorite. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's going to be a good game. I mean, if OSU can go on the road and win that game, win at Baylor, at Kansas State, when OU is down, now that doesn't mean they'll beat OU, but OU's definitely down. So, you know, it's uh, they're in good shape, but you got to win this week. You win this weekend, and they are literally probably almost guaranteed that they're going to go to Arlington. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> playoff chance-wise, I think for Oklahoma State, TCU has to be undefeated playing that game in Arlington, and then you avenge a double overtime loss. And that, that at least perception-wise, I think that's as good as Oklahoma State can hope for. And it probably wouldn't hurt for OU to keep on winning against some of these teams uh, that Oklahoma State's already played, you know. And, and instead of beating a 5-5 five and five Oklahoma on, on their home field, you end up beating, heck, who knows, if they happen to get to 6-3 yeah. and three or whatever. That's, you know, every bit of that – will help their cause with that one loss uh, eventually. And, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, it, it does seem to me like the, the perception around the country is switching a little bit in the Big 12's favor in that, you know, it, you're, you're starting to hear people go, you know what, that might be the deepest conference in the country. That might, you know, it's, you got to play every week, da-da-da-da-da. And so some of that might uh, work in their favor, but I'm kind of with you. With, with everything else, they're going to need some help. And Oregon is one of those. Man, think about where they've come from, Jim. That first week, it was like, oh, same old Oregon, same old Pac-12, just getting destroyed uh, by Georgia. But since then, Bo Nix looks like a completely different quarterback than we've seen him at any point in his career. And they just ran right through an undefeated UCLA on Saturday. Yeah. Don't forget now, they are playing the big, the Pac-12. That's true. I mean, I, you know, that, that Oregon-Georgia um, um, uh, game might, be good, might show you how good Georgia is. Uh, but I think that Oregon, Oregon's a good team. And I just don't, I don't know. I, I just don't think, I think the Pac-12 is very good. Utah's good, UFC's good, UCLA's good, Oregon's good. You know, I guess, I don't know about Washington. I mean, some of these other teams, I don't know how good they are. But it does seem a little better than it's been in the past. So if Oregon gets one, they'll have a chance. But for me, there is no way that I could put a team in the Final Four that did what they did against Jordan. No way. Uh, I'm sorry. I, that to me, you lose to, that. What was I can't even remember the 40, final. 49, forty-nine to three. Yeah, when you lose forty-nine to three to somebody, fellas, you you should not be playing for a national championship. That's just me, but I'm sure that there's going to be a bunch of people that disagree with me on that. Well, especially because there's a very good chance that it would be a rematch against the team that beat you. 49 to 3 yeah. in the first week of the yeah. season. Hey, we've seen that one. <laughs> and it yeah, was... who wants to see that matchup? No. Yeah. I, don't see that. I don't want to see that rematch. That's, that's ridiculous. Uh, let's switch to the NFL. What were your thoughts uh, about yesterday? Uh, you know, last night, as a Steeler fan, I think you've got to be really impressed because it looked like they were going to get blown not only out of Miami, but clear out of the state of Florida early on. And then all of a sudden, uh, they make some adjustments defensively. Kenny Pickett gets a little bit of offense rolling, and you know they had a great chance to win there at the end. Yeah, you know if, if that would be a game that would be really really tough to deal with, Steeler fans, if you thought that they had a chance to do anything, but they really don't. But I got to tell you, I I kind of like where they're going, man. I do. I mean, Pickett and Pickens that is a that is a tremendous matchup. I, d- I love where the Steelers are going. I do. I think that uh, now they're going to have to get a couple offensive lines still. But they did a little better last night. They're getting a little better up there. They did a pretty good job of protecting Pickett, and then they, they did run it a little bit, which is good for them because they can't run it all. So, yeah, I, I, I like Pickett, fellas. I do, man. I like him a lot. I, I think he's got a chance to be good. And, uh, you know, they lose a the game, but. The Falcons, I mean, the uh, the Dolphins are supposed to be a lot of people, and they took them right down there and had a chance at the end to possibly win it. But, uh, you know, it's what you got to deal with when you're not a real good football team. Hopefully they'll get a good draft pick and then go get a free agent or two and then uh, get back to it next year with a, with a, with a you know, with a second-year pick. What's your thoughts about um, Dallas Cowboys, in particular Dak? He, he coming back, looked a little lackluster. Defense kind of pulled him out of the fire. Um, are they better now with Dak back, or is it going to take some time to, uh, to answer that question? I mean, it's I mean, look, Dak is a better quarterback than Rush. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. But Rush did a really good job. And I'll tell you what now, the arena, the, the stadium was as dead as can be, I thought. I mean, I, the team and everybody in the beginning was just like they didn't even care about the game. 
And frankly, there were a couple bad. I thought there were a couple bad calls that helped the Cowboys. And I thought that, that you know when you turn the ball over five times, you're not going to beat anybody. So I think that game was just handed really to the Cowboys. They act like they didn't even care. I mean, that's what I saw on the field. And if they would have been playing a good team, they'd have gotten beat, you know. But unfortunately, Detroit's not any good. I wish they were, but they're not. So, yeah, the Cowboys, I mean, they're still a good football team, whoever they play a quarterback. But as I said last week, and I've said it for a couple weeks, they're not going anywhere because they got one of the worst coaches I've ever seen. He, doesn't, he has no idea what heck he's doing. He, he just stands over there and he's just totally clueless. And if it comes down to it, when they play a close game against a good team, he's going to do something stupid. You know he is. So I just I think the Cowboys are a good team, but I don't think they're going anywhere. I guess it helps that Tampa Bay falling apart. How about that? Huh? Yeah, that was my next question. You know, everybody probably had <clears throat> going into the week P.J. Walker and Taylor Heineke knocking off Rodgers and Brady. Which one yeah. of those teams do you think is in worse shape, Green Bay or Tampa Bay? I think it's Tampa Bay, but Green Bay's in bad shape too. I mean, you know, that's what happens. You take $50 million as a quarterback, fellas, you know, which you're not going to be able to play. I mean, you're not going to be able to get the players that you need. And, uh, Aaron, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he better realize that they're not any good. And, I, you know, I, I – it's really a shame. At the beginning of the year, you know, I think, I, you know, if you guys remember, I picked some upsets in different divisions, and I picked the Vikings to beat the Packers, and I beat the Saints to beat the Bucks. I just wish the Saints weren't so daggone bad and they could have their quarterback because obviously it looks good right now with Minnesota, but obviously the Saints aren't any good. But Tampa and, um, yeah, Tampa and uh, Green Bay, they, they're in big trouble. And these old quarterbacks aren't going to help it. And frankly, I think that Tom Brady... Um, he's not done done, but I think that he is literally, uh, I think he's got so many problems in his life that I don't know if he's, he's not put. See, his number one thing as a football player is the way he prepares and all that other stuff. And when you've got problems like he has, I don't know if he wants his marriage to stay together. I would think that he would. But if he does and he's working on that and he's working to spend the time with his kids and all these other things, he's probably not working as hard on playing football. And that's why he was so daggone good. Yeah, and then, you know, it does seem like there's some other things. Going to Robert Kraft's wedding instead of oh, – I, I mean, you know, there's just different distractions in his life that we've never seen, you know, affect his play on the field. Right. Julie said, no, she told, she told the grandbaby, she told focus. He does not focus. If, if she was sitting next to me while I was doing my show, it would be the most unbelievable thing you've ever seen because she just sits there and tells me what I should say. <laughs> so, focus. He doesn't have the focus that he normally has. Focus. Well, and unbelievably, as bad as the, I mean, you look at that division, it's there for the taking if anybody can do can can finish. Even Carolina and your Saints, they're just a game back. You know, in the way that the Bucks are going, it feels like if somebody can just finish what nine and eight or maybe ten and ten and seven, I think wins that division easily. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and the Panthers, huh? Man, they- I, that that's just incredible. I, I uh, that was my stupid TNW tire lock of the week. Tampa Bay, what a joke that was. I thought, well, they'll come back, and the Panthers have got to be done. Nope, they come out and play. Uh, Panthers work their tails off, and what's and the uh, and the Buccaneers stink it up. So, crazy, crazy. You never know what's going to happen. Like you brought up the Commanders. I mean, a bunch of bad teams won yesterday. Yeah, it was a really weird week, and you know, one of the teams that I felt like was going to be. Uh, almost in a tanking situation, and I think they kind of have. They just didn't know that Geno Smith was any good. Is the the Seahawks are leading the NFC West? I mean, everybody had that before the season, right? Oh, I know Geno Smith. What a story he is. Uh, been in the league for a long, long time. But yeah, they're winning. Keanu's laughing. Russell Wilson's over there playing like junk, and now he's hurt. I guess so. Yeah, what I've never seen anything like it. The Jets go in there and win. I mean they. Just like the whole axis, the whole axis of uh, the NFL is turned on its upside, you know? Great. <laughs> yeah, are you a believer in the New York teams? Are they good? I'm not, I'm, not in a, I'm not a believer as far as winning anything, like, big, but I'm a believer that they're both going in the right direction. I love I love the coaches with the Giants. Man. I think they both. I really do. Um, and then, obviously, Saleh is, uh, is doing it. 
I don't, I, I don't think they're going to win anything this year, but I do think that they're for real as far as being contenders this year. Yeah, the, the draft the Jets had last year at the top, and Brees Hall looks like he's probably out for the year, unfortunately, as he was looking like the runaway rookie of the year um, on offense. But, man, when you look at what they got with Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and Brees Hall in their first three picks, that's, that is amazing drafting. You're right. They're doing a really good job of drafting. Totally agree with you. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, Sauce Gardner looks like he's been in the league for about 10 years. Yeah, he's like, yeah, the Giants and the Jets are good, man. They're good. Again, I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl, but I think both of them are good. A team that I think can win the Super Bowl made a huge move over the weekend, uh, and that is the 49ers acquiring McCaffrey for a ton of picks later on down the road. But at least for this year, man, he sure seems to fit what they need. How much of an impact do you think, at the end of the day, 49ers getting McCaffrey is going to affect the NFC race to the Super Bowl? I think it's good. I think it helps them a lot. I, but they better win. You know, they better win. When you do something like that, where you give up all those picks and everything, you better win. Because pretty soon, they're not going to be able to win. Because they're not going to have any dang on picks. So they got to do it right away. You're not going to win right away. And, uh, but it's a great pick for them. Great pickup. And he looked pretty good yesterday. You know, he, he's familiar with you know. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, real quick, um, baseball, the World Series is set. What do you think about the Phillies and the Astros coming up on Friday? Phillies are a nice story, but the Astros are better. The Astros pitching staff is incredible. And, um, and then they hit, too. So I, I don't know how people – I don't know how – the Phillies are an amazing story. I don't know how they've got to where they are now. But uh, I, I'll, I'll go with the Astros. And then what's his name? Mattress Bob's going to win $75 billion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, he, he won't do it. He won't do it because he's just a massive fan, but he's a total idiot if he doesn't hedge this bet. Oh, I mean, God. think about it. He could bet $30 million, $30 million on the Phillies and be guaranteed $30 million. Think about that. It'll be 30 or 45, one or the other. I mean, it's just, I, I don't know if he's going to do that. I, he probably won't. I got, if I was a friend of his, I'd be, I'd be begging him, dude, please head this bet. Head the bet. You understand? You're, you're rich, but you can guarantee yourself $30 million. So I, I, if I was him, I would head. But I don't know if he will. I don't know if he will. He's a huge fan. You know, it's for the, the executive TV execs and baseball as a whole – it's got to be a little bit of a disappointment, uh, or well, actually probably a massive disappointment when you start the playoffs thinking, hey, we might actually get the Dodgers and the Yankees, two of those iconic brands and the giant cities on each coast, and you end up with Philly and, and Houston. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Philly's a fairly big city, but yeah, you can't beat New York and L.A. But uh, listen, baseball is having a hard time anyway. I mean, you know, there aren't a lot of there are people aren't watching it near as much as they used to. So um, it, it could be there'll be a bunch of people who want to cheer against the Astros, you know, the cheaters. And um, tell you what, though, they're they're really good. They got a great manager. They're uh, they're going to be hard to beat for the Phillies. And the Phillies might just be one of those Cinderella stories that's just rolling through. You know, sometimes that that happens with teams. It's interesting that you know Bryce Harper was the guy uh, that, that had the big hit, and then on the other side, for the Astros, an amazing job by by all of their their whole organization. You lose Correa, you lose Springer, and you fill him in with only the guy Pena that hits the three run homer to tie it. I mean, they just they've they've kind of kept a couple of their bedrocks, obviously with Altuve, Alvarez. Uh, and Bregman, but being able to add a Pena and then that pitching staff, it's an amazing kind of retransformation for them from the first uh, go-around with that team, and now looking like they're set up to do it again for a, a few more years. Yeah, now Tuve is like zero, oh, for like 80 or yeah. something, right? So he's not doing anything. Now they're good, man. The Astros are good. They really are. They're really good, and I would favor them in this, but, uh, you know, it should be a good series. It should be a good series. By the way, Russell Westbrook playing really well. I saw that. <laughs> right quick. We almost uh, got away with that. A few, a few games in, and the NFL season, or the NBA season, I mean, Thunder have had horrible injury luck already. A couple of things are just kind of weird. Uh, but 0 3 
with tomorrow playing the Clippers. What has struck you from around the league, uh, not, uh, even outside of the Thunder, so far just in the early going? I hope Zion Williamson is healthy. Williamson. Yeah. And he's so fun to watch, but hope he's not hurt again. Um, well, I mean, you know, the, the teams that we thought were good are good. And then uh, I think the Lakers are horrific. You know what's crazy? Darvin comes and they're acting all big and bad. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. We got to do this. We got to do that. And then when it comes down to his first decision, what does he do? He sits the flies out, right? I mean, that's basically what he did. Mm-hmm. Said he was going to play Russell Westbrook off the bench, did it for one preseason game, and then changed it right back. And I don't blame Russell Westbrook for exactly what's happening. But you know what his shooting percentage is from three point range right now? Zero? Has he made one? 8.3. Okay. <laughs> I knew it wasn't very good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then last night, he takes some of the worst shots you'll ever see. He is, gosh, he is a he's a trip. That's okay, though. He's getting it $47 million, so don't feel sorry. All you big Russell fans out there, don't feel sorry for big, bad Jim Traver gets on to him, okay? Man, we should. I wish I'd have had this, this queued up for you because I saw the – it was either TV or the radio – for the Lakers yesterday, they're up 102-101 inside of a minute left. Russ mm-hmm. gets the rebound, flies up the right side of the floor, pulls up, bricks a shot, and the guy just says, no, Russ, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he took a wonderful 15-footer there for some stupid reason. I think maybe he wanted uh, Portland to win, who knows. But, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're in trouble. I mean, they are in big, big trouble. They got no players. Everybody thinks that they – I don't know who the heck they think they got. They don't have any players. Pretty funny. Uh, Thunderwise, though, early returns, Jalen Williams, Santa Clara, looks to be uh, one of those guys that, that's going to be a good player for a long time. It kind of stinks that he you know, got his eye hurt or whatever and had to have that surgery. But early returns for him look to be really promising for the Thunder, uh, Thunder future. I like him. Yeah, I think he is good. Um, I mean, the key is, that, you know, it's a shame that you can't watch Holmgren. But, hey, they're losing, and they're losing close. That's probably probably a good thing. If they could get down there and get lucky and get number one or number two, it would be really awesome for the organization. But uh, I really wish I could watch Holmgren. It's a shame. Really wanted to watch him. Thunder aren't very good, though. They're really not. Uh, and then Gilgis Alexander sits out there really not good. But they fight. They still fight claw. I mean, that's what they do. It's a good organization. All right, Jim, thanks so much for joining us on a Monday. What, uh, what do you got coming up on the podcast today? Oh, we did our two-part series start today with Jeremy Gray from, uh, uh, from Rob's Ranch and his wife, Desiree. And um, it is some powerful stuff. It really is. Um, he has an amazing story. Many of you out there in El City know him, and you know the, uh, the trials and tribulations that he's been through in his life. But uh, we go through all of that, and we go through all the redemption, and we talk about a lot of great things. So it's a, uh, it's a really good one. So it's two-parter starts today, and then goes uh, next Monday will be part two. You know, he was up in New York City this past weekend with his I daughter know. playing basketball. He texted me and said, looks like i got to get a Yankees hat, and I begged him not to do it. <laughs> so don't do that. Come on. You can get the Jets, yeah. the Giants, maybe even the Rangers, but not a Yankees hat. Come he got on. caught up in the whole New York thing. I, I texted <laughs> with him a little bit. He was pretty fired up. But, uh, yeah, he's a good man, and uh, it, it's a great podcast. It really is. So people need to tune in. The Julie and Jim Traver podcast. Yeah, no doubt. Awesome. Uh, we all know, or a bunch of people know his story, but you can hear it right from him. And it's powerful, man. There's no doubt about it. Um, when when you yeah. hear what those two went together, went through together, uh, and to be where they're at out the other side, it's just uh, it's She's an amazing. awesome. Yeah, she is. Yep. She's amazing. I'm, there are many, 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 many people in the world that would not have gone through what she went through. I can promise you. That's uh, 100% yep. correct. All right, Jim. Thanks so much for joining us on a Monday. We'll be listening this afternoon uh, at two all o'clock. Right, all right. See you guys. I'd see it's the ultimate Jim Traber joining us on a Monday as he does. We're here at Big, Big Splash Burger. Anything else to wrap up the day? Uh, one more thing. Yeah, you have I, to do this. I have to do this. Um, or Friday night over at Merritt, they're having a very because uh, Sergeant Master Earl Plumley, uh, Master Sergeant, I got that backwards. Earl Plumley, uh, recipient of the Medal of Honor. Obviously, everybody knew he was in town on Friday, and he he is a Merritt graduate. Was at the football game on Friday night between Merritt and Thomas. They did really cool. Their pregame, go back and watch it on Paragon TV. 
uh, very patriotic. They wore the patriotic uniforms. Both teams did. Of course, they honored uh, uh, Mr. Plumley, and the national anthem was sung by none other than my niece. That's a little snippet of it, and but I was told or, or got it through the grapevine from her dad that that's the best she's ever sung it, and what a night to, to sing it the best on a night like Friday night. So kudos to Merritt and, and what they did on Friday night with their patriotic theme. Very cool. Yeah. That was, Jocelyn Koss, <laughs> my niece's name. That's Jocelyn just a Koss. super cool honor um, for somebody that, that grew up here from here yep. to be able to get that award. I mean, that's just an awesome thing. Uh, and yeah, way to go, Jocelyn! Uh, being involved in it, uh, singing the national anthem very, very well. So, yep. uh, what a cool night out at Merritt and football team won, and they won. Yeah. So, so if you're coach, if you're Barrett, you got to wear those jerseys again this week, right? I'm loving those jerseys. I'm loving them. That was cool. I was, I was watching on, uh, like I said, Paragon TV. So, very good night. Very special night over in Merritt Friday night. Hey, we want to thank the folks here at Big Splash Burger for having us uh, throughout the month of October on these Mondays. It's been a blast. Uh, I guess, well, I guess there's one more maybe uh, at the, the 31st, Halloween. One, Halloween. So what we, are you coming as? Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm coming as a golfer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come as an OU fan like I did today. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to – now, oh. Well, we were talking about tomorrow. We're running out of time. But um, anyhow, thank you uh, to Montana, Evan, Shalina, everybody here at Big Big Splash Burger. Uh, We appreciate them allowing us to come out and do the show from here. Uh, Thanks to everybody. Thanks to Jim for joining us and uh, everybody texting in. It was a great day again. We'll be back tomorrow right here on the Skinny on Sports 98.1 FM Lee Sports. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cowell. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.